and welcome back to episode 19, 19. of AA Opera Podcast. It's, a, it's, a, it's just us this week. It's just us. Well, no guest. Know, I think it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a, while. a while for us to us to just sit down and have a chat about a topic. I quite enjoyed recording this one. Yeah. Um, but how's your week been? Crazy. It's been I've another had a really, crazy one, yeah. yeah. It's been a really good just stream of weeks that's just been coming. Like, it's mm. just really... I'm very happy right now. January's your month, isn't it? It's well, like, you've got birthday. your birthday, and it's just all the vibes are happening, right? It's been incredible. I also went away. I saw... I went to Cambridge to watch a masterclass for singing teachers. Very good. Which is very interesting to yeah. go to a masterclass where it's not talked about like the performance of the singer but it's actually directed towards singing teachers to understand how voices work yeah i was so sad to miss that actually because that's exactly the sort of thing that i should be attending but next year next year um it was with david jones and he's just he used to be my old teacher well he still kind of is my teacher but but he's based in the states but he's based in the states i never get to see him but he is follow his facebook page if you are just doing anything just because even if you might not agree with everyone's technique because there's a lot of oh yeah so many crossovers yeah it's subjective really yeah but i think his attitude towards people is just really wonderful and i really enjoy that what about you how's your week um it's just been non-stop it's been a little bit ridiculous just back-to-back things um but really exciting things um rehearsals are in uh, full flow for the opera scenes. Had a, Are you excited for yeah, the Yeah, I am. And you have a concert next week. You're I have, crazy. yeah, I had a, have a Valentine's concert in Putney, um, which will be fun because it's not just opera, it's show tunes, it's jazz, it's a bit of everything. Um, so if you're around, then come to St. Margaret's Church in Putney at 7.30 on the 15th of Feb. Wow. That little plug there. <laughs> That's exciting. Like you Yeah. I, I'm very happy to come see you perform. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, but I think for right now let's uh roll the podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do, 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 do. This week we're talking about social media presence. Very important. Part of your artistic development and your Mm, professional development? Professional development is a big thing and we learn a lot about that at Conservatoire but this this is relevant, you know, whether you're at Conservatoire or not. Your online presence um, as a musician, as a singer is, is very important in this day and age. So today we're going to talk about different ways to be present on social media and um, different points of discussion. Yeah. Well, first of all, there are like a million platforms out there. Absolutely. I mean, not a million, but hundreds of platforms out there. Uh, ways in which to, to put yourself out there, you know? Yeah. The, I guess the older generation may just think of, oh, the online web, let's go to a website. But yeah. there's so many different platforms now, like your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever's out there, um, to kind of make your own account within that community. Yeah. And what's so great about the newer platforms is that there is that community there and it's what we want to talk about is how as singers we can engage with that community throughout the entire world. And also how it not only aids our professional careers but actually feeds our creativity at the Absolutely, same time. Absolutely, yeah. 
Well, first of all, the different kinds of platforms. Okay, so you got your website. What is that good for? I think uh, a website is a good place to direct a more professional um, engagement. Say you meet someone at a networking event and hand across a business card. We learned about those. Yeah. We need those. Um, you know, you can direct them to your website. And on that, I would say have some form of CV on there, but like presented in the form of a, a web page. Yeah. So basically you have on a website is your bi- your bio. Bio. Like a long bio, not yeah. a short one. Yeah. Uh, you have your kind of schedule of what's going, what you've done, like what you're doing and what you've done. Yeah. And alongside that, sort of a gallery of of images. Yeah. Because a lot of casting directors and stuff actually want to see you in action. And I've also seen a lot of singers also have like a little bit of a blog. Yeah, it's always on helpful there too, so that people kind of feel a little more connected and know a little bit more about you. Yeah, I think the blog on on a website like the WordPress pages and stuff was probably the start of this this world of blogging, vlogging, communicating in that way. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I remember when I was six, oh, 14, before before YouTube was a big thing. Yeah. Was the whole thing where people would like write so much about themselves, but it was all very emo. It was like because I grew up in the emo central mm-hmm. village. Yeah. Um, and everyone would talk about like how they want. It was awful. It was only like negative things online. Like you really? didn't really see. I don't remember talking about anything positive online because everyone. I think the blogs were just so um, steeped in like suppressed emotion that people couldn't tell other people Mm. so there wasn't any positive sharing and i think there's a huge switch now oh yeah on the more current platforms like instagram and things today it is more about supporting others and like sharing posts and tagging and and all of that which is leads to more positivity but let's not be wrong there's a lot of you know trolling and everything on on social media and you haven't got to let that get to you as well but we'll get into that a bit later on just while you mentioned emailing as well, oh yeah, like to to keep in that professional category of the website, obviously you you probably have your email and phone number on the business card as well. Yeah. So it's always good to have a professional email account, not some one that you made when you were eleven years old and was like what dolphin was, purple at what was mine hotmail dot com. What was mine? I think. <laughs> Mine was footy19 at, G- at uh, AOL.com. I was um, like green 13, 14, because I was between the ages of 13 and 14 when I started it. Wow. Wow. I remember oh, you just put me in a big throwback of creating <laughs> my first email account there, and I was just football mad at the time. So footy19. Uh, yeah, so create a professional email account with a nice um, footer at the bottom of the email. Make it approach, like, everything approachable. Yeah, definitely. No, and yeah. also, kind of do, you can do a newsletter with your website. Like, people can sign up to get more information about you. Yeah. That way they know concerts that are happening. And Newsletters are a great way to do communicate. You have a good newsletter. I do have a newsletter, yeah, that I send to, mainly to sponsors, but also, I, you know, living in London, I, I send it back to my family at home. Um, which is a good way for them to keep up with, with what I'm doing, and you know, you I always need to get on that. Yeah, you always get nice messages off people being like, "Oh, thanks so much," because people rarely get things in the post nowadays. So when they do get it, it's uh, it's really nice for them. Um, but you were saying the more modern way of a newsletter is actually on YouTube. Yeah, um, I've seen a lot of singers 
do like a video newsletter saying what they're doing for the next quarter. Mm. So that way they can, like they'll have on their YouTube channel a bunch of videos of them singing and stuff, but then they'll also have just a video every now and then saying like, I have been here and I am going there. And mm. and I've seen them also as like stories on Instagram. That's really great, actually, especially if you've got followers or sponsors who are not based in one country. Yeah. Um, then, sh- like, mailing fees can be very expensive. Yeah. Do you want to... Go on. Um, while we're on the thought of, of YouTube, you obviously have a very, very active YouTube channel. Yes, I do. Do you think that, as a singer, you have to have a set YouTube channel um, where you are vlogging as such obviously or doing these newsletters or is it totally appropriate to upload a professional recording that you've had had done um i think it it divides into a couple of things i think what you're trying to put out and what you're trying to receive so if you're trying to put out opera outreach and communication and involvement and making people feel like they're welcome into the opera. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you're passionate about, which is something that I'm very passionate about. I want everyone to come to the opera and feel like they've been there a million times, that they grew up in the atmosphere, even if they didn't. But I want them to feel like... Opera for all. Opera for all, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so for me, it's very important to share my experiences, how I get things done, how... Like, I don't really vlog very much, but I do a lot of informative videos someone yeah. told me i kind of sound like a crash course like an <laughs> opera crash course which i kind of love um but if you're not interested in opera outreach mm-hmm. it's not necessary mm-hmm. but i do think that you should have really good recordings of yourself singing at some point yeah i'm trying to work on that for my channel because i think it is important for me to show that i do do both you do yeah you are a singer like i'm first and foremost a singer and then secondly to everything mm. else and then secondly everything else which is yeah you know so content creator and um so i, I think essentially yes if you are uh, trying to create this career in the singing world a good way to to showcase yourself is through videos on youtube actually performing yeah um but, but they have to be good well this is recording yes 100 percent. like this is the point do not post something on social media be it a video be it a tweet be it whatever it is and if you're not 100 percent happy with it because it could come back to bite you in the ass <laughs> yes but more to the extent of that nothing is actually going to be deleted this is it yeah and you have to be you have to believe in what you do so hard that you can go and to someone who is not an opera fanatic and say, look how good I, I mean, not in a cocky way, but yeah. like, this is what I do. Yeah. You have to be able to market yourself. And that, I think that's the point of all online presence is you have to market yourself in a world where everyone else is marketing themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like if you're doing a newsletter you have to be confident in the newsletter that you're sending out you have to make sure that i believe in what i'm selling 100 percent. yeah i just think that the main point is don't put anything out there that you're gonna regret either immediately or in 10 years time 
you know, when you're a you are a professional opera singer. I think there is there is something about, you know, showing the progress. There is. Yeah. But like, if I think I think the way to go is sh- show your singing teacher or show your coach or something like that just for a second a second, ear. A second opinion and do you know what but the second opinion doesn't have to be from a professional i just think it has to be from someone that you don't that isn't you but i also mean that it shouldn't look bad when you record it because if it's a mediocre like videoing yeah it's not going to stand out and if mm. you want it to stand out online yeah you gotta... the, the bottom line is is that there are so many great recordings of singers out there and you are not we'll talk about comparisons very soon but you are trying to present yourself on the same level as the professional singers out there and the the game is and the quality is very high so you've got to match that mm-hmm. and it costs money I know but it's the money that goes into you making money in the end. If you are at Conservatoire, though, I will say, make the most of your recording department whilst you're there. The thing is with social media is that it's constantly changing. Like, yeah. there's so many new platforms that are coming out. There's so many changes to the platforms that we currently have. Me and you have our separate Instagram pages aside from AA Opera. And even as a podcast, you know, we do have a very active Instagram page and that seems to to work for us on both levels as individuals, as podcasters. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit about Instagram. Yeah. Well, Instagram is a really interesting platform because you have so many things that you can do with it. Mm-hmm. You have, and I really believe you should maximize the platform mm-hmm. um you have stories you have highlights you have igtv you have posts you can write a lot of words you can write up to i mean you shouldn't but you can write up to like eleven thousand characters i think and that's what's great in comparison to the likes of twitter, twitter. um yeah definitely. and you can post really engaging content like mm-hmm. you can post beautiful pictures or not so beautiful pictures but like you have yeah the freedom to do whatever you want. What I love about Instagram as well is that it actually encourages more of a community that with someone that you might not know personally. Mm-hmm. Like with Facebook, you've got friend requests, and it's like, <laughs> friend requests. Um, is this person my friend? Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you want to actually know this person? Um, but with the hashtags and everything that you get on Instagram, and it's the common way to post to to tag. So if anyone searches opera you know, you'll come up and then you'll get followers from all over the world. Um, so I think it's a great platform um, to use as a singer. But there is a there is a problem that we want to discuss and it's what kind of content do we create as an opera singer on that platform? Well, I think it's funny you say that because it's so difficult to create content as an opera singer sometimes mm-hmm. because so much of the time we're not doing what we love. Like, a lot of us at the beginning are not doing concerts every week and are not, you know, in a glamorous um, concert dress. Yeah. <laughs> most yeah, of the time. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I am most of the time in a room like this one that we're in now with no windows and a piano and practicing. It's very valid, yeah. And that's most of where I am most of the time. So then it's really hard to create, like, fun, engaging content if... I'm not doing anything fun and engaging. 
very fair point. And it's not Which like an Instagrammable instrument, you know? It's not, no, like, you know, it's not like you've got... A, a guitar. A, a guitar or, you know, a £20,000 violin to take yeah. a picture of, under, like, on top of some music. Yeah. Like, a lot of the time, we look very tired. Um, <laughs> um, but We just look like we're yawning constantly. Yeah, but we do get those moments where we're in a great costume doing something, or you know? So it's fun in that sense, but obviously... I think this is where it comes down to you've got to be real. Yeah. On a platform like this. I think that's the what I think Instagram encourages that a lot and encourages like truth. It mm-hmm. sounds weird. It sounds very like in your face, but it does encourage people to be honest and most of the people who are more honest on their platforms do better. Do better as in, like, that's what you mean by have a, have a great following. Is that what you mean? But not a necessarily following. I'm talking about communication between the posts. Like, if okay. you have a post and you just get a lot of likes, that's wonderful. But if someone actually comments and they feel that they're involved in your story, mm-hmm. being able to engage with people and have conversations, because if someone doesn't, if someone thinks that your post me- meant a lot to them, then they'll probably message you privately because you also have, like, direct messaging. Mm-hmm. And you have... Uh, like there's just other people like you can see that other people are engaging with you yeah and people are more likely to engage and ask questions you know of a similar demographic to yourself um and it's a way of it's a really positive network in, yeah. in that sense isn't it but getting back to to being yourself and what what you post and what content you should be creating i can speak about this personally because when i joined social media and Instagram probably about 10 years ago it was simply to post pictures of food drink (laughs) and my dog (laughs) you sound very you know all you're missing is the football (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but when I when I came to conservatoire in we actually have to submit some kind of online presence within the portfolio I thought, right, I need to create an Instagram page for my singing and solely my singing. And that didn't work because, as you say, you don't have regular content to, to post just about the singing. And actually, I found as soon as I started posting more personal things, that's when the followers went up. Because, you know, people that I, I know personally on social media as well are not just interested in my singing. You know, they are interested in general life as well so I've actually about to get rid of that page I made many years ago and have my ash.soprano page as my Instagram page and just accept that it's it's yes it's about my singing and hopefully over the years there'll be more posts of concerts and costumes and all of that but um actually what my followers want is a real page yeah and that's the same with everyone same with you Recently, I was actually talking to Eugenia from 360 of Opera. Yes, yeah. And she was also saying, like, it's boring to only talk about singing. Yeah. Like, it's not the only thing we do. We go to see movies. I'm very excited to see Little Women. (laughs) By the time this goes out, hopefully I have. And it'll have five-star reviews. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um... Obviously, I'll have five-star reviews. I mean, look at the cast. But um, we do other things. I have other... 
I was, I, someone said to me yesterday, oh, I really like how there's a tea theme to your um, Instagram. Because like, yeah. that's just who I am. You have to be yourself on the platform. Yeah. I think this comes down to, to the point of being creative. Yeah. And being creative doesn't just mean being creative within our craft. We yeah. are creative people as singers. And to get into this craft, you kind of have to be very creative. You, you have to yeah. interpret things in your own way. Yeah, so be creative with what you post. And as we said at the beginning, there's so many ways to make a post more interesting than just a photograph. Yeah. You know, you could explore with, like, Instagram TV, explore with the, all of the silly filters and everything that they have oh, on. I mean, I've been... I. Uh, I think it's great that you can do so much on an on a platform like this. Mm-hmm. And whereas you can do... And, you know, you have things like Twitter, which are really great for just letting people know what's going on. Like, yeah. it's really just like a, a a news line. Yeah. Like a title saying, like, tonight I'm performing. Can't wait to see you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not as engaging. You can't really have yeah. as much of a conversation. Yeah. Twitter is, like, a great way to share share news as you yeah. say actually i actually only really go on twitter to have a look at what's going on in the world like you read the news off of yeah mm. pretty much um so i think you know you might think differently to this but for a creative platform as a musician yeah instagram is definitely a great place for you to showcase um your growth and development as yeah. a not only a singer but as a, as a person as well it's really it's a it's the best way to engage with other people that are like you yeah and it's just a great place to look at really nice pictures and get inspired yeah. i have to say i get inspired <laughs> a lot by sometimes i'm very good at comparing myself to other people yeah on instagram which is awful mm-hmm. but that's my own problem but, like, if you feel like you're... Don't go on. I heard a bunch of people say this. Don't go on if you're not feeling good about yourself. Yeah, that's true. And this isn't just on, like, Instagram either. This goes back to if you see someone post a, a professional or a, a very well-made video of themselves singing. And if you're not feeling 100% about your singing at that t- point in time, it's so easy to go on and compare yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like being protective of yourself. It's not like don't don't let yourself get hurt it's just saying like be patient with what you have mm-hmm. and sometimes you just need to be more confident in yourself before you present yourself to the world mm-hmm. and at the end of the day we've talked about many positive things but social media can actually be quite a dangerous place there's mm-hmm. there's a a lot of bullying that goes on there there's yeah. a lot of trolling even though don't the... share your address and don't share where you are yeah exactly um, it can be dangerous, so you've got to be aware of all of those things as well when you're posting. And, um, but I have to say that, especially Instagram as well, they are taking big steps for like anti-bullying, yeah. um, reporting comments, that sort of thing. Um, so alongside all of this, just be aware of that if you are going to take more of a serious step in the world of social media. But as I say, like just... If you are, that just be a good person on social media. Yeah. Like like we said at the start, you don't want to post a horrible comment on s- something about someone because that's just going to come back and and not be good for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, it's a huge... 
the biggest difference I think between our generation and the generation before us when it came to like professional development and online presence is that you didn't need to have an online presence 20 years ago mm-hmm. or 10 years ago. It's not something that was exist. It sounds really counterintuitive to share your personal failures and your personal experiences and your successes online. Yeah. But I think our generation feels like it's a great time to share those stories and it helps connect to other people. I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Just with the whole movement of um, raising awareness of mental health and things like that, I think it's just if you were honest about what, what you post, then actually chances are someone's going to relate to that and you might get a really lovely message from yeah. someone that might just be what you need to cheer, cheer you up and see the positive side of things. And it's just remember that you're not alone at the point where you have no work as a singer, as a young singer. None of us do. Yeah, it's it's a process. And actually, do you know what will be great is that if you look back on your social media pages or look back on your website even, if we go back that far and look at your calendar and actually yeah. see the increase of, of singery photos. Yeah. I think social media is a very interesting department. Phenomenon. A phenomenon. (laughs) Um, But that's why we wanted to talk about it today, because it is growing and it's becoming the norm to be on social media. Kind of debunk it and make sure people are not afraid of it. Yeah, definitely. There are things like you don't have to do it, but it will... It's advised, you know, this isn't just us saying this. We're taking what we have have learned from our, our tutors here at Conservatoire and, like, from what you... If you go to networking events and stuff like that, they always tell you to embrace social media. Yeah. So that's what we're encouraging. And actually, it would really help build this community that we're trying to build in making opera more accessible. Um, if you if you're Instagramming about the reality of it, it's yeah. making opera real, making opera real, and you're doing a huge part in that by yeah. listening me who them listening them, them listening right. Okay. It's your fun fact this week, and I'm very much looking forward to hearing what it is. Mm-hmm. So this one I got from the very. Re- Reliable source, Facebook. <laughs> Quotation marks. Yeah. Circa um, 20. <laughs> it's not fake news, though. Yeah. Um, but hopefully this is true. I think it was on Classical FM, to be correct, that in opera houses or in theaters, there's wire underneath the seats for men to have put their top hats, sl- like to slide their top hats in for during the show. Really? Yeah. We'll have to check that out next time we're at the Opera House, which is... <laughs> Tonight! Tonight! Oh my god, we didn't even mention that. I thought, yeah, we, di- yeah, we didn't. Well, we can mention <laughs> that now. Um, we're very excited, because we got our first press invite yeah. to go to the opera. Very excited. We're seeing Alice's Adventures in Wonderland on the main stage at Royal Opera House tonight. Yeah. Super excited. excited. We're so excited. <laughs> It's a bit late for me to go to, so like, it starts at yeah. 9.15 and I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's like, I'm usually in bed in my PJs with a cup of tea and a good book by that time. I know. No, just kidding, but similar. It's a bit early, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. but like, at least I'm on my way home. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Um, 
Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll update you next week. We'll update week. you. I don't think they have it in the seats because the opera house burnt down and they rebuilt it or something like that. So yeah, probably won't have it. But old ones, like maybe... Have you ever been to an opera house, you listener, not you, Ashley? <laughs> you listener with us in your ears. Have you ever been to an opera house where there's wires under the seats and you're like, what, what is, is this? this? <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's time for question of the week. And we give you a chance to ask us a question. Ask you know, us anything. Mix it up. I was a little bit worried when I posted this. Um, but, you know, we've had nothing too explicit. It's yeah. not ended up in a game of truth or dare. but Because um, I would definitely oh, no. pick the dare. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Starting with, um, I got a question. Are there any arias that you feel are done too often in auditions? It's a good question, that. It's a good question. We are not auditioners. Unfortunately, or fortunately, question. Do you mean panelists? panelists. That's a good word, isn't it? That's panelists. Yeah. yeah. But I, we do see what people do a lot because as singers, we see our colleagues rehearse things to sing. In... And you were the, one of the stewards yeah, for the was, opera school auditions. Yeah. A lot. It's, it's interesting because I think it's at different points you audition for different things. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of Dido. Mm. A lot of Dido and a lot of, like, there's, for mezzos also, there's only so much you can do that when you're young. Mm. So it's a lot of, rep- like... This is the thing, though, because so many people audition with Mozart arias. Yeah. But for young singers, like, that is a healthy thing to be singing right now. Right. So it's the balance of, I'm singing this because it's healthy for me to sing this, and it sits well in my voice, and it shows my voice off at its, at its best. Yeah. If that's the case, then sing the bloody aria, that's what I say. And sometimes it's actually good for the panelists to know the song because then they can just, they're not listening and be like, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. And it's easier for the accompanist to know the music because you don't usually get rehearsal time with the accompanist. This is true. I mean, what I would say is that when I did a a course at National Opera Studio, we were sent a file and it it might be worth linking this somewhere. Yeah. But um, it was a list um, and numbers next to them like how often the arias were performed and it was highly encouraged um for an audition at somewhere like national opera studio that you didn't just do arias off this list um so it's it's good if you take three arias take one that's like like not well known at all yeah so just have that variety I also really enjoy singing arias that are not known. Mm. One of my go-tos are also, like, or I'll take, like, the one that's not sung as much. Yeah. Uh, just because I think it's very boring to sing the same thing. Mm. But, yeah, great question. I, I, I think the aria that I heard the most, though, over audition periods for mezzos was Dido. And for sopranos, it was all, like, Mozart stuff that everyone yeah. does. Susana yeah. Susanna arias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then we had another question. This quite. This could lead us down a road. Um, what do you? What would you tell your younger self? You're doing okay. <laughs> I had a. I mean, I feel very old in the sense of just to, you know. I'm older than most people in my program. Yeah. Um. And I didn't do the career path the same way as everyone else has done it. Yeah. So I would just say, like, stick to your guns. Do what you think is right. If you 
you know better than anyone. Mm. And it's going to be tough, but it's going to be worth it. Mm. Yeah. I Still kind of, kind of telling myself that. Yeah, this is, this is it. I was thinking about this question and what I came up with was like, yeah, okay, you're, you say that now, but you're kind of still trying to get your head around that whole thing. But what would you have told yourself when you were 18 deciding to go to Durham to study music? I've, I think that basically what I've thought is that I wished, I wish that I had known that you don't have to rush through everything. Yeah. And it's very much the idea of slow and steady wins the race. Whereas 18-year-old me wanted to just get out there as as quickly as possible and um that's maybe not the smartest thing especially in the opera industry anyway um so yeah slow and steady it's a marathon not a sprint love it love these (laughs) (laughs) another question was do you think it is a must to study in a conservatoire now we have a whole podcast on this we do yeah so head back to i think it's around episode five six right Five, six, no, but also the episode with Jonathan Freeman Atwood. We mm. discussed both the pros and cons of going to conservatoire and why you should go to a conservatoire. Absolutely. So, I mean, quick summary of that is that if you know you want <laughs> want to perform, then get yourself get to yourself cons- conservatoire. To conservatoire. But it's not the only route. Absolutely not. I think actually we've addressed this question in probably, I'd say, more than... I also made a video about this on my YouTube channel so you can Mm. also go check that out but yeah no we have a whole podcast on that so definitely go listen and check it out and that's the end of this week's podcast thank you so much for listening to AA Opera Pod we really hope you found it helpful and we hope you enjoyed all of the musical interludes from the background because we do record this at the academy sometimes yeah and one day we, we're gonna have an office so if you want to sponsor that then get in touch um but make sure that you follow in all of our social media pages because we have a lot more coming your way we have a patreon potentially coming your way yeah we have a website potentially <laughs> coming your way we've been promising that for about three weeks three months even yeah get in touch we are aa opera pod everywhere or just aa opera there's no one else like us Ba-bam. <laughs> uh, just a quick reminder, uh, your s- subscriptions and uh, ratings help us a lot. So thank you. Until next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>